Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Miller, your host, and I want to thank our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are a software company bringing tomorrow's food business ecosystem to the industry today. You can find out more at farmtoplate.io. I am, my favorite food is ice cream. I'm just going to be transparent here, and I couldn't be more excited to have the guest we have today. We have Tyler Malik. He is the head ice cream maker and co-founder at Salt and Straw. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. <laughs> Let me tell you, ice cream is just that go-to comfort food. And I'm yeah. just excited to unpack. Uh, yeah, thank you. I know we, uh, we've been going for 13 years now making ice cream. And so slowly, um, kind of, it's been a fun journey. How did you get started with this, Tyler? Because you have a unique story here. Yeah, uh, in 2011, my cousin and I started Salt and Straw together just in a push cart. Uh, here in Portland, Oregon. Actually, uh, the first people we ever served ice cream to was the the crew from Portlandia on Earth Day in 2011, um, which is very like very classic Portland origin story. Us, uh, for me personally, you know, I fell in love with cooking in so many different ways. I actually I had my degree, had an amazing career uh, track, getting ready for um, having you know studied business and uh, Mandarin Chinese and um, and. Ultimately, I had there was a death in my family. My stepdad passed away from cancer, and it was just this eye-opening moment for me to realize that I didn't want to live in Beijing for the rest of my life. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to cook for people. I wanted to take care of people, and ice cream became that kind of medium for me. Uh, at the same time, my cousin was kind of going through her own kind of big transformative life moment. Um, she had been working with uh, Starbucks for so many years and recently working at Project Red, um, which was Bono's uh, nonprofit to raise funds to fight AIDS in Africa. So she was like, she was a superhuman to me. She's a little, she's a few years older than I am. And so I always looked up to her growing up and um, and she said, I called her up and I was like, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to go to culinary school. And she said, oh, I'm changing everything. I'm going to start an ice cream company. And so I spent uh, three weeks just begging her every single day to let me come and help her um, start her ice cream company and <laughs> be the ice cream maker. Because um, I was in culinary school. I, you know, I knew it all by then at 23. Mm, um, and finally she relented and let me come uh, make ice cream. And, and we just, uh, we became you know, immediately best friends, uh, and, and figured out how to do this, oh, you know, together. Um, so that was, yeah, almost, almost 13 years ago, uh, which is kind of like in retrospect, you know, pretty game changing. Well, and that's a uh, good longevity really for starting in a push cart and now having developed a company mm. that has withstood the test of time for 13 years. Not only that you're doing yeah. really great and we'll dive into that a little bit, but thank you. We're I having fun. love the yeah. series. Yeah, I love the serendipity of you and your cousin at the same time, kind of going through yeah. your own your individual life situations that yeah. then brought you together. The Mandarin Chinese, though, wow, I, <laughs> you've got to create some it's, flavors then have a Chinese name for them, I think. I know, what you need to do. I know, I've thought about it. We've drafted up some menus. I think for yeah. us, you know, what we didn't realize was that food is an incredibly magical medium. Um, but ice cream in particular has some superpowers that even we didn't know, you know, 13 years ago, you know, specifically, it's this really raw platform. Um, it's, it's just cream and sugar. It allows you to, 
you know, be creative. It allows you to bring people together. It allows you to tell stories in really unique ways. And we kind of leaned into that. You know, we were one of the first companies to start, you know, doing these collaborations. So we'd go out and I, you know, stage at a restaurant for a week. And at the end of it, we were making ice cream together or I'd go to a brewery and we'd be making beer. And then by the end of the week, we'd be making beer and cream and sugar instead of water, you know? And so uh, it became this like, Honestly, for me, I'm a learner at heart. I love um, just learning from other companies, other makers. And and that became my learning uh, platform is going around Portland and, and learning about the foods that are in the city and, and figuring out how to make those flavors tell their stories through ice cream. And so well, this, for us, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I we'll think for us- we just, I interrupted you. I want to, yeah. No, no, no. That, that became the like- okay impetus for our entire company is, um, you know, bringing stories together, talking about, you know, important food movements and what's in season and, um, you know, social causes through ice cream, because, you know, who's not going to love eating ice cream. And if we can kind of like, you know, just tell them a fascinating story at the same time, it really becomes a a superpower. This is my love of ice cream. And what you're doing is so innovative. Thank you. The creative part of it, just you talk about going to different restaurants or, or combining different flavors that you don't normally combine and innovation is kind of, I mean, when you and your cousin founded the company that had to be a mantra, we are going to be open and innovating as we move forward. I just, yeah, you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think we purposely knew we were going to do that, but it became like our, it became an energy source for us, which I think when you're starting a company, what you're doing gives you energy. If it, it if it's really just driving you forward and making you want to work 60, 70 hour weeks, you know, like that's a good sign, right? That's a good, that's a sign that you're, you made it, you made it into the right. And so that really became everything to us from day yeah, one. I think you do need that energy and that keeps you moving forward because it gets hard. That's yeah. Success is yeah. not a, dr- a straight line, right? You're right. You're, trying to figure that out all along the way. But tell us about, cause you talked about um, trying out new flavors right there mm. in Portland. Why don't you share that with our audience, the story of how you did that? I mean, for us, it, it became a really interesting kind of um, building tempo, building momentum as a, as a brand became really important for us. Um, you know, from day one, uh, we started as a push cart and then we slowly opened just two blocks down in the arts district here in Portland. So Alberta arts district. And what's amazing about Northeast Alberta here in Portland, uh, that street is just, it literally like they, on the last Thursday of every month, they shut it down. Um, and they do a whole street walk with all the artists in the city kind of bringing it out and, you know, having stalls and booths and um, all the art studios just open their doors. It became, becomes kind of this huge event for the city. We had to be part of that. So we started just every every Thursday night, we or the last Thursday of every month, we'd test out new recipes and we'd, you know, celebrate the street event with everyone. And that became kind of this tempo for us, you know, over the first year and a half, we kind of realized that that was uh, a pivotal moment for us to do this monthly flavor um, or set of flavors. Um, And we slowly just like dialed that in and built that into every facet of our company. So um, to this day now, you know, we launch a set of five brand new flavors. Now it's on the first, first Friday, on Friday morning of every month. And those story, those flavors, they're always telling new stories and um, kind of having fun with what's in season right now. That is really, really cool. And I 
as a customer, if I lived in Portland, that would be like a go-to event for me to try some of the new flavors that you're thinking about putting out. That was totally the idea. Yeah, exactly. And we have people literally like lining out the door on at 10 a.m., you know, um, getting oh ready gosh. when we open. It's become, you know, for us also, we're, we've gotten a little bigger now. We've got 37 stores. Um, wow. And the fact that we like built that into our ethos on day one of the company um, or within the first you know year we like solidified it and made that part of our dna as a company now to this day you know as we grow and we continue to grow that's going to be that's kind of our our secret sauce that's what's what no other company can do um, because we we built it we instilled it into every person that we've ever hired every system we've ever created um, so it really is kind of a cool um, thing that we've instilled into the company, this level of innovation, this idea of constantly testing and, and driving ourselves forward. All right. Before we get into the seasonal flavors, one more thing about this new flavors each month. Do you do that kind of thing in the cities or in the towns where all of your stores are or yeah. just the main store? Yes. No, every, every single shop. A big undertaking. Um, it's incredible. And often, you know, a lot of times when you go to different cities, they might be also different flavors because, you know, um, what's in season in Southern California might not be the same as what's in season in Seattle. It's a, it's a monster to, to overcome, but it becomes this part of your everyday life, you know, to be talking about it. Like our, our servers, for example, you know, you'd think that'd be daunting for servers to have to learn a whole new menu on the first Friday of every month. And like by the last Thursday, you know, they've fallen in love with this menu and they're, they finally understand what, you know, and, and then all of a sudden it disappears and that flavor might never be, be back seems really daunting but honestly for our team everyone in the company it becomes this source of pride and um it becomes almost this um source of like you know th then they get this excitement you know of like what what's the new flavor what what do i need to learn this month what am i going to fall in love with talk to my team i'm like this is like sand art right we're like building up you're spending an entire month investing in learning how to make these new recipes and how to talk about these new recipes and how to market these new recipes and and then it's just going to disappear for sure. But it, there's also so much beauty in that. I think the other thing I'm hearing is that you're giving your individual store managers or, or whomever, the teams that work there, a, a bit of ownership in some of those mm. flavors for the areas that they're in. I mean, they're able yeah. to come up with those ideas. And I bet you have probably more longevity than the average ice cream store, for example. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's... It becomes a different interaction with your product between team members, a different level of buy-in to, you know, to your point. So we're really proud of what we're doing. It's really, really hard, um, way harder than it um, could be or should be. But I think it, it allows us to do something that doesn't exist in this world. So a couple things here. I do want to get into some of the flavorings, but, uh, but I'm sure. drawn to the customer experience as well, because I yeah. think this is a really unique customer experience from what you're describing. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's a good point. Part of that kind of conversation with our team is also training them on what hospitality looks like. For us, uh, probably the first thing you have to recognize at a salt and straw as soon as you walk in is that uh, it is we're not like any other ice cream company in the, uh, if we look at our direct competitors, we're, we don't consider ourselves competing with, you know, any other dessert places. Um, we think about like, where else is someone going to go spend 45 minutes, an hour 
you know, hanging out with their friends, talking, putting their cell phone down, getting this like almost theatrical level of service and, you know, meeting their neighbors, you know, like all of this, like all packed in one. And, and at that point you start thinking about like, we're competing against, you know, going to the movies, we're competing against, you know, theaters, um, sports games, you know, like bars, you know, like it's not, this is not an ice cream company in many ways. Um, and when you kind of convey that, especially to your team, all of a sudden this becomes, you know, you see like there's a lot put on their shoulders, you know, because um, they're not just scooping ice cream. They are um, literally changing people's days and, uh, you know, um, and so we, we trained that from day one on what hospitality looks like uh, and talk about how, why it's so much, you know, I think for us, we're, you know, disciples of Danny Meyer. Um, so this idea of like the difference of service versus hospitality, how do you make sure that everything you're doing is taking care of someone and making them feel welcome? How do you kind of read their signs, understand what they're looking for? And so it, it really is kind of a, it's an experience um, for our customers. And then when you get to the front of the line and actually start um, tasting through the ice cream, create all of our flavors based off of what tells a unique story. Um, so we, I a hundred percent, and I actually lean into the fact that you're not, you can sample all the flavors you want. And I'm hoping you taste all 18 when you visit at any given time, you're probably going to go home with, you know, um, our salted caramel, which is the best salted caramel ice cream in the entire world or our cookie dough, which, oh my God, it's literally, I, we've been perfecting this for so long. You know, it, through that experience, you're going to taste, um, edible bugs in your ice cream. You're going to taste, you know, some really unique flavors from Mexico city. Um, you know, you're going to taste some really like this really cool goat cheese from down the road. You're going to take, you know, like all these things, we're going to tell you the stories of these ingredients and take you on a, a kind of an, a journey. And then you'll leave with, you know, maybe a more simple ice cream, and, but that's okay. That's actually part of the whole experience. Um, and you don't get, you don't meet anyone in the restaurant industry who gets to serve like that, right? Like you can't go to like a fine dining restaurant and be like, can I just like have a spoonful of that bone marrow dish? And then I'm going to order the chicken, you know? Um, That's right. But they might not order the chicken. They might yeah, order. They the might. They might. Dish. And, Which is and great too. Recurring, yeah. You know, as a customer, if I go there once and I know that these featured flavors for the month, I, you have your regular standards yeah. where you talk about that in a minute, but the feature flavors aren't going to be here after that first Friday. You yeah. Know, so I have the first Thursday to try whatever yeah. I want to try those. I'm going to probably come back more often if I yeah. taste a couple that I want to try. I'm not going to eat like four scoops of ice cream in one go, but I'll, I'll stop <laughs> it. You could try. Yeah. No, no, I, well, I'd be comatose probably, but yeah. yeah, I would be more apt to come and try some different ones. And then, you know, more yeah. with everyone else when first Friday comes and you're, you're changing over, but then it's all a new adventure. And yeah. even if I still do go home with a pint of salted caramel, you know, so you want to try them. I, yeah. yeah, I'll still try the new things. So the customers, I think that's a great way to get them. They're a part of your culture as well. Yeah. Of innovation and yeah. trying new things. And do you tell them there are different bugs in the ice cream, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I do. Okay. that's the beauty still of it. Try it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just wondering asking you know, for a friend for October we always every year we do a Halloween flavor called um, creepy crawly critters and oh. um, because it provokes a conversation and yeah. this is an interest another whole other topic around why our ice cream is so important is provoking a conversation because um, okay. a lot of people will stop and be like 
why did you put bugs in ice cream? And then that gets me to say, well, let's talk about why, you know, um, first of all, we wanted to create this flavor that kind of like, you know, we literally called it creepy crawly critters and with edible bugs or chocolate covered crickets and um, coconut candied mealworms. Um, but those crickets and mealworms were made um, they were actually farmed and candied by this lady in the Bay Area. Her company is called Don Baguito. Um, and Don Baguito is an amazing company that started about 10 years ago. Uh, she went through the La Cocino program, which is an amazing nonprofit in San Francisco that focuses on incubating really almost primarily first generation immigrant women owned businesses in this country. And so when she, lady started Don Baguito, she grew up in Mexico City and she wanted to bring the foods that she grew up with to the United States. And she became one of the first edible bug farmers in the United States. And so we get to tell that story 1 million times a year, you know, in the course of that month, going to tell people a million times over and over and over again, we get to talk about this amazing program. They get to learn about this nonprofit that they can now support. They get to learn about this really unique food that comes from Mexico, you know, that is yeah. relatively traditional in Mexico City. They get to learn about this amazing company that they can support in, at Lampaguito. And that was all because we provoked that conversation with just one spoonful of ice cream. So it really becomes, uh, we, we feel like this power, almost like this, this, uh, this weight on our shoulders to use our ice cream to talk about some of these stories and to get people, I don't know, to learn about something new in the world. Yeah, you're having an impact far outside of just providing. That's our goal. Yeah. And even if it's scary for people, you know, if you would never, ever have bugs anywhere else, but maybe if you just have one spoonful and it's the only time you ever have it in your life, you can at least say you tried it. You did try it. Now we are recording this conversation in October of 2023, yeah. probably it will come out in like November of 2023. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know what's planned for November or December oh, yet? I mean, do yeah. these things, yeah, yeah do you we, want to share a little bit about that for our listeners that are for sure. listening and can find a salt and straw near them? Yeah. Well, first of all, we plan, we plan about eight months in advance. Um, we oh, find okay. that as we grow, that's so important for us, for our team, for our, yeah. our suppliers. So we can give them a heads up long in advance. Mm -hmm. um, everything is easier if you plan, um, write it down and plan. That's what I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Our November menu is exciting. Every year we do, um, we kind of do a five course tasting menu through uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, so five scoops of ice cream that are all of the classic dishes of in, on Thanksgiving. Oh, that um, is so, so fun, Tyler. It's, yeah, it's really fun, including <laughs> yeah. turkey. There is a turkey ice cream. Really? And it's a, okay. we did a turkey. We basically it's a it's a fried turkey uh, bread pudding with a cranberry sauce and a salt and pepper ice cream. Oh. So it's really it's really really good. Pretty savory. Probably one of the most savory ice creams we've made in a long long time. But really delicious. And then that's you know we've also got a pumpkin pie ice cream that's vegan that's delicious. We've got um, this uh, probably the most popular the dark horse of the menu is uh, um, we do a. Uh, buttered rolls ice cream because I always loved like those buttered toasted buttered rolls um so we've got kind of this Parker House roll ice cream that is insane and then going into the holidays uh we we have quite a few different uh, partnerships um one of them is a Seattle company actually so we started working with uh, this company called Skinny Dipped and we're using the her um uh peppermint candied uh or chocolate peppermint chocolate uh almonds that are so tasty i just fell in love with these little it's a little pop of texture so we put them in our ice cream to make like a peppermint ice cream one of my favorites we've got an almond brittle ice cream that was my grandma's recipe it's the first i made it with her i've been making it with her since i was three years old uh gingerbread cookies so 
uh, a lot of these flavors in the holidays just go to these kind of really classic combinations done in kind of a unique salt and straw way. Very cool. I'm so excited about that. I might have to fly to Portland just to or try some Or we can ship cream. it to you too. We can fly, ship it you out on dry it? ice. Yeah, yeah. It's the me? easiest thing. And it's so oh easy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you just I'm totally pray that FedEx it. delivers on time. That's the only... <laughs> That's true. Well, hopefully or it'll be we'll a little it, bit yeah. cooler by the time yeah. I order that. Exactly. So yeah, that helps. Be good. Yeah. Oh, I think our listeners, I hope they aren't listening to this episode when they're hungry because it's be <laughs> big, big trouble I if know. that's the case. The almond brillies was really good. I'm so you lie. also have written cookbooks. Yep. I've Tell got us about uh, those. Well, I've got one finished. Um, it came out in 2019. And then when the pandemic hit, it became, you know, it went viral just because it became this, you know, the Bible for ice cream making at home, which a lot of people started doing. And so uh, that became kind of, we, I just fell in love with telling our story through flavors. Um, uh, it literally is all of our recipes like packed into one book, which was daunting and scary. The one thing I realized quickly is that the magic of making ice cream is what we do in the kitchen. The recipes, if people, people can make them at home, you should go for it because it's really hard, but it's also really, really fun. Um, we're working on a second book actually right now. So um, that should come out in about a year, uh, focused again on traditional flavors of ice creams and why they're so, how, why the best flavors of the best are so good and how you can kind of riff off of them in your own unique ways. That is so cool. That you're even sharing your recipes to, in it, hopes that people can make them and enjoy them at home. I so think it became a fun way of storytelling. You can kind of see like we, I, I love taking people on this journey, you know, through tasting and, and recipe writing is a whole, whole nother world of um, showing and telling and, and bringing people along. Um, and so it, it really is one of the um, pinnacles of my career in, in many ways, something I'm so proud of uh, being able to kind of talk talk to people in such a unique way. Well, I, I, for one, am really glad that you chose not to keep pursuing your business degree and Chinese <laughs> I know. degree because I know I forgot all my Mandarin though. Now it's like oh, no. 15 years later. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, just a few years down the road, but maybe you'd pick it up like riding a bike a little bit. I don't know how that, I, hope. I don't know how it's, Mandarin's I'm a very hoping. hard language. I know, but I don't know if you have a reason to now you're, you're giving to the world in different ways and sharing of your gifts and your creativity and mm, just you. all the innovation that's going on is really cool at Salt and Straw. We've talked thank about you. so many really neat, and it sounds like, I mean, your ingredients are fairly simple and then you're locally sourcing the special recipe type ingredients. So again, you can tell yeah. the stories that you want to tell uh, exactly what else is there about what you're doing there at salt and straw or anything about the industry or future thinking that you'd like to share with our audience before we go today tyler i mean the the only other thing i would add is like now we're getting in the whole new world of um, non-dairy ice creams too you know so um that's something that i'm hugely passionate about for so many reasons um so you know when you come into salt and straw at any given time one in five flavors are vegan um and that's important for us you know you think about if we're if our goal is to be competing with you know going to the theater then we also have to be welcoming to anyone that's coming um, regardless of their dietary restrictions. And so that became an important initiative for us quite, you know, really early on. But even more than that, also, you know, I kind of talked about November and December. January is my favorite month of all because in January, oh, tell. we have a whole menu. We do a whole menu takeover that's all vegan. Uh, we test out different, 
you know, types of ice cream bases. So we use coconut, we use oat, a coconut milk, oat milk. We also do like a, um, an upcycled uh, barley milk that is really good in an ice cream. You know, so testing out different ways to make ice creams that are not milk-based um, is, it's, an, it's such a fun, delicious journey. Um, to take people on and show, show, I think the world that like, there's other ways to kind of um, uh, other ways to eat, other ways to think about dessert and other ways to think about ice cream. Everyone should have access to a delicious treat like ice yeah, cream. I think and so. So that's part of your mission. Yeah, is exactly. To expose, I got to write that down. An opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> everyone an opportunity. Tyler, thank you so much for thank sharing you. that. Thank and, you. Thank you. Yeah. Our listeners, um, check out Salt and Straw. And if you enjoyed this episode with Tyler and just the great story behind this company and what they're continuing to do and the impact that they're having in the world, uh, just like us, subscribe us, give us some comments, let us know who else you'd like to hear from. I'm Pam Miller. Until next time.